Hey, welcome everyone to Charting the Waters. It's been a while, actually. It has. I think it's been probably two weeks here. But uh, if you remember, if we remember, <laughs> this is the podcast where myself, Brendan, and my co-host here, Zach, sit down and talk about what we feel it means to live this life through sometimes philosophy, but uh, more recently, just random stuff, which is okay, I think. <laughs> uh we'll also mosey on our own uh well-being or our own psyche and ask ourselves personal questions and also share with you guys things that you can do to help improve your life uh on a daily basis essentially uh this week we are talking about birthdays very simple birthdays yes not a lot of research that needs to go into this and I have no idea what this conversation might go, but it's it's an easier one for us, and it's one that's it's nice and light, and these ones are important to to mix in there once in a while, I think. Yeah. Uh, I had my birthday. I don't know what is it five four four days ago now. I don't know the second. It's the seventh today. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's the seventh. All right. So yeah, not too long ago, and um, I don't know. It was just it was on my mind. We were looking for something nice and easy to talk about this week, uh, just to get back into the swing of things, and so we decided to go with this bad boy. Uh first off, like, how do you feel about birthdays? They're stupid. You think they're stupid? Okay, birthdays are important only because it represents literally when you were born and that is it so they should only ever be important one time because every time you take a breath you're older than you were the last time you took a breath and so waiting one year just to celebrate things like i get it it from a cultural standpoint i appreciate it and it does have value and when you're a kid it's great birthdays are the best but when you hit like even 18 and celebrating a big 18 or 21 down in the states it's like man Really? Yesterday could have been your birthday? I, I, or tomorrow could be your birthday? It, and I, they just have lost all significance for me. I get the, the 18 one. Or the, in most cultures, there's like this coming of age yeah. birthday. Yeah. 16, 15 and some, 18, 21. Drinking age often for, for North America, which yeah. is weird that that's where we put our values in. But fuck it, who doesn't, like, who doesn't love alcohol? But yeah, I get it. Like... You kind of want to go wild on the day that you can go out and legally drink. Yep, yeah, and fair enough. And so, like, I think they should get one, their 18th birthday. That's the one party that everybody and their parents come out to. And it's kind of awkward because their parents are watching them get shit-faced for the first time. <laughs> and they're awkward because they're pretending like they've never drank before. <laughs> yeah. And and then after that, it's just like, hey, congratulations, you woke up. Every day should be a celebration. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Have you, that reminded me of that parents watching their kids get drunk. It reminded me of one of these videos I've seen. There's probably quite a few where, you know, the girls will be there on their 18th birthday and take a couple shots in a row. And the mom in the background just looks in horror like, okay, well, this isn't your first rodeo, clearly. <laughs> but, that, and that's the thing. Like, I've been to 18, birth, 18 birthdays before. And the person that we were celebrating the birthday has to, like, awkwardly pretend they've never drank. And, oh, what's that like? And, yeah, what, what's a good beer? What's a good beer? <laughs> oh, let's do a shot. What's a good shot to do? It's like, well, you tell me. <laughs> what do you have? What do you prefer? You've been doing this for a while. <laughs> it's so true, though. But, yeah, no, you're right. It uh, It's weird to think that, you know, we celebrate this yearly mark, but we age every second. So, yeah. When we celebrate a birthday, we're like, oh, an entire year. But really, it's just the next day. If you want to look at it that way. Yeah. And that is kind of how I look at it. Partly because birthdays are just always overkill. 
And for me, they've not only has historically my birthday parties never been crazy or wild where it's the highlight of my year was my 20th birthday or whatever, mm. but it's just, it always seems like it's so extra. It does. It does. And it, it's weird because it's, people are different. Some people love to ball out on their birthday mm-hmm. or birth week or birth week. You, you <laughs> and I had talked about this actually. Some people will just extend their birthday to a birth week, which is in my mind, uh, ludicrous. It's egotistical. <laughs> yeah. Egotistical is a fantastic word. Um, it's funny. A buddy of ours, <laughs> girlfriend actually had like a birthday going out. And then five days later had birthday number two going out. Yeah, because it was her birthday was on, I think it was a Tuesday night. And so a bunch of us, myself included, went out to a local pub and we had some drinks and had some food and hung out and whatever and like, hey, happy birthday. And then four days later, she's like, hey, it's Saturday. Let's do a weekend birthday thing. And I'm like, no, sorry. <laughs> you could you could have just pushed it to the weekend. You had that option. But yeah. you already celebrated on your birthday. Yeah. yeah. Because of that. That's all you get. And apparently less people showed up to the second. Yeah, hardly so. anybody came to the second thing. And then you and I joked about how, had it been labeled, let's just go out because it's Saturday, people would have come out come as out. opposed to come out for my second birthday. People are like, nah, fuck you. I'm yeah. not coming to your second birthday. <laughs> right? So it's, it's so true, though. But that's just it. It's funny. But funny we're ragging on this because... I sort of justified my poor eating this entire weekend because my birthday was on a Friday. I, I did eat poorly Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I'm just like, ah, it's birthday weekend, and I'm allowed to get away <laughs> with it. So that just goes to show you where we rationalize, right? Yep. But it was hard not to because I had a dinner with the girlfriend, and I had a dinner with my mom, and I had a dinner with my dad, and it was just like... I had three different days where I went out with some with someone who wanted to buy me dessert. At that point, yeah, it's hard to say no. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but but yeah, it's it's an interesting one in that sense. For me, I've never been too big into my birthday. I uh, I don't feel the need to go out and celebrate, and I don't know what that is. I'm almost uncomfortable with having an outing be about me, and maybe that just says something to my character. Maybe I should learn to be more comfortable about it, but it's just not my my cup of tea, essentially. Mm-hmm. And some people like the spotlight and some don't. And I think there is a balance to be struck, right? Sometimes you do have to say, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I tell them, people are going to fawn over you because it's your birthday or because you whatever, right? It's like, you know what? I just got to live with that fact. T- tomorrow, they'll be over it, right? Yeah. And so, whatever. But... It's, yeah, for me, my weekend or my birthday almost always falls on May long weekend. Mm -hmm. So it lends itself to doing lots of fun things. So I always usually camping or something like that. But the problem is that my birthday is completely overshadowed by the oldest female in charge of anything ever, the queen. Do you have the same birthday? No, it's like the, yeah, the day before. Oh. But basic, no, actually, I think the 22nd is the is the queen's birthday i don't know the queen's birthday but regardless my birthday is overshadowed by the royalty and i'm pretty okay with that (laughs) because they are far more important than i am and if they want the spotlight they can have it funny you say that i always feel like our idealization of the royal family is ludicrous it's another it's another form of ludicrosity it is it is the canada's equivalent of the kardashians yeah it it is which is so weird i can't wait it's going to be really interesting not that I'm hoping the queen dies. I don't wish that upon anybody. But 
fact of the matter is she's really old and she's it's probably not going to be too much longer and i'm curious what's going to happen when the former queen is on literally all of our money because she's been around for like 70 some years that she's been queen it's insane yeah and so they've had time to slowly put her on all of the money and it's like oh she's dead we need new money now and they have to start all over or we're just gonna have the old queen all over all of our money which granted we have dead old people all over all of our money yeah exactly but the queen's everything every coin She's on the she's on the she's on the the head side of every coin, Mm -hmm. and she's got the most popular bill with her face on it. Right, and now you know what she's she's literally been queen for seventy years, seventy five years. She hit her diamond ju, or maybe not seventy five, but she hit a diamond jubilee, and like that's insane. Well, that's that's insane. Is is exactly it? So I think even when she dies, she still deserves her spot on the twenty. Yeah. Okay. But But what about every coin? Nah. Does that have to be the new royalty? No. Because technically they're our new head of state. I think we should just have different animals. But we have the animals on the other side. Yeah. So what else can you do? You could you could have the animals re-rend on the other side. I think that'll be classier. <laughs> just a yeah. loon's ass on yeah, the other side. Exactly. <laughs> what is this like slightly triangular shape? That, my friend, that is a loon's ass. <laughs> or we can have really famous Canadians. Like put Gretzky on a coin. I'd rather Gretzky on a coin. Except he has, like, everything else already. He's got literally every record. And apparently own, a whiskey now. He has his own restaurant, too, right? Doesn't God. he own TGI Fridays? I don't know. I He definitely owns something, and I can't remember if that's what it was. Yeah. But, yeah, no. It, it's, it's tough. That's the that's a dilemma there. How to how to solve our coin, our coin queen, our queen coin issue when she dies. <laughs> but, anyhow, moving away from that tangent. Um, do you have any fun little facts about birthdays? I thought you might have brought some. I did. I brought up the some stats on the birthday paradox, which you and I briefly discussed. Mm-hmm. And for those people that I'm sure you've heard of it to some extent, it's the idea that if you're in a room of people, chances are you've got the same birthday as at least one of them. Or, or at least two people in the room will share a birthday. And I can't remember the site I found the stat on, but the site claims that at a, when you have a group of 23 people, that is the threshold for 50% chance of people sharing a birthday. Mm-hmm. So just for the numbers sake, there's 366 potential birthdays. Um, if you include February 29th, which is the leap day. Mm-hmm. So 366 possible birthdays, one of which only occurs every fourth year. And you're still 50% chance of somebody having the same birthday. And by the time you hit 70 people, you're at a 99.9% chance that two people will share a birthday. Which makes sense at that point, right? Like, kind of, but only 70? That's less than that's less than half of all the possible birthdays for there to be two people that share the same one. It doesn't, it shouldn't make sense. But mathematically, it checks out. And you wonder why. Is it because of how we kind of congregate around certain dates for birthdays yes and there was a really 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 slick infographic and i totally forgot to write down the web page it came from but it showed the u.s i think it was either just the u.s or north america and it was basically like a a heat map Mm. of uh so they had all the months up top and then the numbers one through 31 down the side and it was a heat map of how many people are born per day in a, in a calendar year and i think it was like a 10-year survey and 
September is without a doubt the most popular month for birthdays. I had that too, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they talked about the reason for that September being a really big hotspot and other things are conception date. And Mm -hmm. so you have to think if you take September and you go back eight or nine months, when is that? Christmas and a bunch of holidays and shit, right? So people are partying and having holidays and doing other fun things. And then, bam, September babies everywhere. Yeah, and that's what they suggested. It's completely. They said September and October, but it's weird because I had looked and two different sources said that both September 16th and October 5th were the most common birthday Hmm. days. So I'm not sure which one it is, but they say September and October is where most babies happen. Yeah, those were the the hot spots on the... And... In the inverse direction, people are least likely to have kids on holidays. On holidays? Yeah, so December 25th, Christmas, is actually the least common birthday. Hmm. They talked about how it could be because uh, hospitals might not be open for birthing on on those days. Which I don't know if that's true, because it seems kind of crazy that you couldn't go to a hospital and give birth on Christmas if you had to. Yeah. But they say that. And maybe it's just because people like, I'm not having... A kid on Christmas. Because <laughs> then you got to celebrate their birthday and Christmas on the same day. That's that's double the presents. Yeah. And uh, that's that's unnecessary. I actually have a cousin whose birthday is literally, I think, the 26th. So it's like, oh, Christmas dinner. Oh, and then dinner for her. Yeah, Trey's birthday is Christmas Eve, 24th. It's really, yeah. see, yeah. And it's, it's so unfortunate. It is. Because then you're like, well, do I get them a birthday present and then a Christmas present? Yeah. It's tough. Actually, my dad's birthday is very close to Father's Day, so it kind of that's it's interesting. The same, too. it's the same kind of issue for me. Yeah. Um. I, do you have any more statistics or anything regarding the birthday paradox? Uh, nothing on the birthday paradox specifically. Okay. I have a few random little tidbits about birthdays. You give her. Okay. Well, uh, in the British nations, I don't know if you know this, but the royal family will actually send out birthday cards to people who turn a hundred. And again, when they turn 105. And then every year after that, if they keep trucking. That's amazing. Right? That's what you'd want. In, That's in the any goal. Sovereign, in any Commonwealth nation? Yeah, any Commonwealth Fuck, nation. so if I make 100, I'm going to get a, a birthday card. I guess, because technically we're Commonwealth. I think so, yeah. Or, unless we're not anymore officially. But like, that's a good question. Because I think we are. I think we are still we part were of the Commonwealth. Initially. Yeah. Because I think Australia and a couple other places like that are still considered Commonwealth, but they, as far as I know, are in the same boat we are, yeah. but I don't know for sure. Like, isn't technically the Queen are still our head, head of, of state, state, but more of a figurehead yep. than the Realistically, head of state. she could make decisions, it's just that she realizes that nobody would like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she doesn't, and that's what the Governor General's for. Yeah, exactly. That too acts as our normal head of state. Yeah. Uh, there's also the idea of the golden birthday. Do you know what your golden birthday is? The day, the, the birthday you have on the day, like the age and the date are the same number. The right? age, the age and the date of birth in that month are the same. Right. So like for me, I just had mine because yeah, it was my 22nd birthday on the 22nd. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I had mine when I was two years old. So that was a... <laughs> It's a real missed opportunity. <laughs> Hopefully I capitalized high, like heavily on my uh, golden birthday. Two pieces of cake. Two. Uh, there's also your Ebedian birthday. What is that? It's named after a firefighter. I, I honestly, I didn't do the research to know what he did that he gets this, this honor. But it's when your birthday occurs where you turn the age of the last two digits of your birth year. 
So for both Holy of us, <laughs> we got to make 95? it to 95. Wow. All right. Yeah, fair enough. I just got shafted, hey? My golden birthday is <laughs> at 2, and my Betty and birthday is at 95. <laughs> Both ends of the spectrum. That's the goal, is 95. We're going to truck to the Betty and birthday. That's why we got to keep doing our yoga. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, again, the most common birthdays we talked about. And then the other little one I had here was that the largest birthday cake ever created weighed 128,238 pounds. And it was it was to celebrate the hundredth birthday of Fort Payne, Alabama. I, <laughs> what a fitting way for Alabamans to celebrate their birthday of Fort Payne. Let's just make right. a huge fucking cake. Let's make the biggest cake. <laughs> so large, I could eat it though. I'm I'm confident that I could pack that away solo in at least twenty four hours. <laughs> <laughs> How many t- hundreds times your own body mass in cake? Like that would be so wild. I wonder if you really, really sat down to do it, how quickly you could accomplish eating that alone if the cake never spoiled. Yeah, that's a good question. Because that's pounds of cake a day. Pounds and pounds. You'd probably need to eat cake every day, nothing else, for probably a year or more. Well, how many pounds of cake do you think you could get away with eating in a day? That depends on how dense the cake is. I'm going to say you could probably pack... Maybe three pounds? Three pounds is probably a pretty safe estimate. I would say maybe upwards of five for a really, really good day. But again, it depends on a lot of things. So if we're just... Five pounds of angel food cake is not the same as five pounds of fruit cake. But would it it not be? No, because things will digest differently and things with a shitload of icing and that are super, super sweet are going to make your stomach really upset comparatively to something that's more plain and maybe it has fruit in it or something, right? Good point. If we're going to ballpark... What the fuck? If we're going to ballpark <laughs> eating five pounds of cake a day, it'll take you 25,647 days. So that's the better part of your lifetime. So 70 years. So that is your entire lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you make it to your Betty and birthday, you've spent your entire life eating cake. And honestly, good luck making it to 70 eating five pounds of cake today. Because <laughs> I'm not sure that's going to happen for oh, you. Yeah. That's too funny. Honestly, at the, at that that is the end of my fun little tidbits for birthdays. <laughs> I don't know. I, I went off on a tangent, was just curious about birth rates. I figured birth of day and birth rates were close okay. enough. So I went and I found some different stats. Um, in Canada, since 2012 13, um, we've averaged roughly, I didn't do the proper average, but it's about 384,000 births a year. Okay. I'm curious, has that gone down, do you know, from like 10 years ago even? It's it's increasing. It's increasing. In Canada, are birth yes. rates increasing? Everywhere, marginally. Like, not very much. Because year to year, it fluctuates. But yeah. every province, because it had the total nation total, and then it had by province a breakdown over the five-year span. And all of the provinces were trending up, with the exception of New Brunswick and Quebec. Hmm. Their birth rates were trending down. And trending down, I mean, they had two or three years in a row where it was going down as opposed to it was up and then it was down for a year and then up again. Because right. I think just about every province we'll had one that. in the middle where it was just a down year. Recession kind of year, maybe. Yeah. But New Brunswick and Quebec are trending down. Um, there, I found some, I went on to the World Bank and found some interesting stats. No country in the world is trending up as far as birth rate. Um, or sorry, population growth. 
Oh, what? So they're, it's the crude birth rate. So the crude birth rate is live births per 1,000 people per year. So that yeah. doesn't include infant deaths. It's just they were born and yeah. oh, okay. they were born live. So basically any birth that's not a stillborn yeah. gets counted in the crude. And then there's obviously infant mortality and stuff like that. But just purely as a birth rate statistic, no country is trending up over a 55-year period. Every country is trending down. Some have fluctuated and gone down and up, and then, but everybody was in a downtrend currently. Um, and this includes high-end, low, middle-income, all of those things. Everything that the World Bank had stats for, they're all trending down. Even the less developed countries, like yes. certain areas of South yes. Africa? Over a 55-year period. This was, they started taking the stat in 1960, mm-hmm. and, and it ran until 2015. So even though their populations, they may be increasing a little bit now, but their overall birth rates are trending down. So that means their population is starting to stabilize. It's it's probably due to just the reduction in infant mortality across the world. It yep. may happen more slowly in areas like South Africa, but yep. it's going down. So you don't have to have eight kids and hope that four survive, yeah. right? Yep. And so the world's, here's the world stats. Um, currently, in, as of 2015, the crude birth rate is 19 um, in 1960, when they started taking the stat, it was 31.8. And the highest point that it ever hit was 1963 at 36. Wow. Wait, so crude birth rate was uh, per 1,000 people per day. Live births per 1,000 people per year. Per 1,000? Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I guess per day is ag- that's aggressive. Yeah. But, yeah, per year. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And then I... Uh, there's a, I was like, okay, what about rapidly declining populations? There's two classic examples, Detroit and Japan. <laughs> <laughs> so Detroit in 1950 had a population of 1.85 million people. Yeah. As of 2015, they have less than 700,000. So it's crazy over how much half of that been. city has moved away. And it's not because they're all dying. Most of that is because people have left. Mm. Um, and then with Japan, Japan's always given as an example of a population that's in rapid decline and they're doing so poorly. And uh, they're down, but only marginally overall. And there's only, um, only the Tohaku area is below 1950 levels of population. Mm. Everywhere else is above or about the same. Tohaku is the only area that is actually, by the census, below population from where they were in 1950. Hmm. Uh, That's pretty interesting, actually. Yeah. It's uh, not even really what I would... Ex- well, no, I would have expected at least a good chunk of the areas to be going up still. Yeah. Their, and their population, the gender balance is, I think it was 106 women for every 100 men. And that's across the world. No, that's Japan. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I it only. I only found that stat for Japan. I didn't look it up on the world mm-hmm. scale. But yeah, just some interesting stats about births and and population overall. Yeah, I I like it actually. I didn't go. I didn't go that route. So that's actually good info that you brought. Uh, last one I actually had was that on today, roughly fifteen million people are sharing a birthday. So that just goes to show you that. All in well to celebrate your your birthday, but you're sharing it with 15 million people. So so don't act like you're on top of the world like some people do. Yeah. You can't get drunk and insult your Uber driver because it's your birthday. Stay humble. <laughs> Stay humble, exactly. But nothing wrong with celebrating your birthday. I think there's importance in, in being able to just, uh, you know, get together with the friends in your life and, and celebrate something, even if mm. it's not just there to be pumping your own tires for who you are. But it's also funny that we celebrate something that literally everybody has accomplished. 
anybody currently breathing right now has been born. So yep. uh, let's let's celebrate the tangible, the ones we've worked towards. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's mostly all I have on birthdays. Yep, same here. Cool. Well, let's move on to our upgrade yourself for the week here. And it's funny. This one is real simple, uh, but we've never talked about it. And that's just drinking enough water. We've talked about saving water, but we've never talked about actually uh, drinking that water and what it can do for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's an easy one. It's a simple one, but we don't think about it enough. I think as people, a lot of people don't really think about the amount of the water that they're they're actually intaking when they should be doing it or how often they're doing it. Because, you know, you drink when you're thirsty, but that's... When you're thirsty is most of the time when your body's like, okay, we we need some water. Like, and you've been neglecting it. Yeah. So, it's important to stay up on your water intake. Yes. Do you have, before I jump into a, my little list of benefits that I bring, what do you... Uh, okay, so I'll, I've got a little list myself. I'll fire off, and All if right. I miss anything, you can fill in. Um, so, drinking, staying properly hydrated and drinking lots of water per- improves your energy and relieves fatigue. Uh, it flushes out toxins and helps eliminate, um, re- related to elimination, it helps digestion overall. Mm-hmm. It makes things run smoother. Um, it makes it less painful for you. It can help fight constipation. Um, it boosts your complexion. It's good for your skin. It's a headache remedy. In most places in North America, it's free. <laughs> uh, it boosts your immune system. Immune system. Uh, water is a crucial crucial element in regulating body temperature which a lot of people don't think about but if you're always cold or always hot drinking more water will actually make a big difference in helping alleviate that and lastly it helps cushion and lubricate your joints and spine because your meniscus and other things like that are full of fluid and your joints and whatnot um and basically the whole inside of your body is full of squishy fluid based stuff and so having those properly fueled and filled up with water is important yeah, yeah, you've touched on a lot of what I had there. And yeah, the key point is that we're 60% water. So joints, anything is going to anything in our body is really gonna appreciate a little bit of water because it is a majority of who we are. Yes. so we need to maintain that. But yeah, you're right. You've talked about a few things in terms of uh, balancing bodily fluids, how that's important, and that'll help your digestion circulation. It's actually also going to help you control calorie intake as well as as well as what you said, Zach, in terms of boosting our digestion and our um, our uh, metabolism. But uh, it is also going to just help you feel full in times when you're feeling hungry. And this isn't a strategy to starve yourself, but oftentimes when we're hungry, it can actually just be a symptom of being dehydrated or thirsty. That that feeling of hunger is confused with with thirst and so anytime you're hungry or prior to eating a meal drink some water first and and see if that helps it because maybe you were just thirsty at that time and doing that's going to help you just refrain from overeating in a day yep uh it's going to help your muscles function just like zach talked about joints and ligaments uh your muscles need water just like anything else it's going to help them function optimally if they have a solid fluid and electrolyte balance uh, you talked about skin. It's going to help eliminate waste. It's going it, well, having extra water in your body helps your your kidneys translate waste and toxins into urine. And you'll know oh. if you're getting enough 
What's that? Oh, you finish your point. You'll know if you're getting enough urine if you, it is a clearer color and uh, less stinky. Aside from good old asparagus pee. Yeah. But yeah, generally that's what you're going to want to aim for. And that's going to be your measurement for knowing if you're getting enough water in you. Yeah. Uh, and it'll help prevent hangovers. I don't know if you talked about this one, but I did not. Yeah. Uh, the big issue with alcohol is that it's a diuretic. And so we pee a lot when we're drinking and we don't realize how much fluid we're actually losing. We're losing more than we're taking in, in terms of beneficial fluid. And, uh, that's why when we wake up in the morning, epically dehydrated, we have a crazy headache. So as you're drinking, mix in water, like they say, just mix in a water and also, Pound of water before bed. That's a big difference maker. Yep. Uh, I think generally that's... Oh, you know what? Last one was it's going to impair your brain function if your your body's homeostatic water levels are just deviated from even 1% to 3%. And so that's going to lead to frequent headaches like you talked about how water is a headache remedy. It's going to reduce your level of concentration, your ability to mood regulate. It's kind of like being hangry. Mm -hmm. uh it's going to increase feelings of anxiety too which is important for a lot of people and that's a big issue for a lot of people so anything we can do to help out in that department uh, why not right uh, and that's really generally all i have for our benefits of water yeah at the end of the day though like we said it's gonna benefit you everywhere really it's the one thing we need the most even more than food you can survive longer without food than water yes so get that water in you. And how much water do we need to drink in a day? Do you have that? As per healthline.com, they say, and they had stats for all different age ranges, but I just took the one that we fall into. Mm -hmm. So men 19 and over, they say 103 ounces is a good baseline. Yeah. And for women 19 and over, 72 ounces is a baseline. Now that is, like I said, that's per healthline.com. They've got lots of information. I clicked on three other websites and all three of those other websites had other information. Mm -hmm. So there is no right answer for the amount of water to drink. You and I, and this is how I based it for a long time, was your body weight in half plus 30. Mm -hmm. And that's how many ounces a day you should drink. Yeah. And so for me, that's a it actually works out perfectly. It's like 103 ounces or 102 for me if I do that math. Yeah. So it's right around there. But... This does not include um, the water intake from food. This is literally, this is only the water you need to drink as an actual drink of water. So um, you're suggesting that we still need the moisture and the water that comes from food on top of this? No, I'm or saying you need to, you should account. drink more than this hmm. because chances are most people aren't getting as much fluids from their food hmm. as, as your body might need. Um, processed foods don't have a lot of water in them fact so if you eat a granola bar it doesn't have much fluid in it if you eat fruit and vegetables they're usually a little bit higher concentration of of fluids mm -hmm. uh, things like soup sauces things beans like that are beans another big one those if they have fluids in them then that can help uh, keep you hydrated and a lot of people don't think about that with an apple or an, or an orange or watermelon a lot of what that is is just the fluid and it has other stuff in it but you're still getting the benefit of the water mm -hmm. and that's why they're so they always are so fresh mm -hmm. um, but this is just a baseline and so on one site I was reading and it basically said anytime you're thirsty drink lots of water and anytime you think you might be thirsty drink a little bit of water oh uh, that's actually good info because 
like you said, a lot of the times people just kind of ignore being thirsty and they'll pass it off as other things. Mm-hmm. Drinking some water, especially because it's free and pretty much everywhere, tap water is potable. You can drink it. It might not taste the best, but it's doing more good than harm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it makes a big difference. Um, and then if you're interested too, I found there's a Camelback hydration calculator. Whoa. So it's the Camelback website. And part of it's a marketing tool to sell product to you because you can go in and you can put your age, your weight, your height, um, your activity, uh, the duration, the weather, blah, 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 all these factors. And how like how much do you sweat? Lots, little, middle road, whatever. You put all this in and then Camelback will spit you an answer. And again, it's not going to be perfect. It's just going to be a rough ballpark of based on the activity, the intensity and how long you're out. This is how much water we recommend per hour. And then they're like, these are the products that would satisfy your need. But it's still kind of fun because for me, I punched in um, like a ski day. Yeah. And so like I put the temperatures like minus five, blah, 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 blah. blah, And it's like you need to drink about a liter to a liter and a half per hour Mm. of skiing. And I'm like, that's a decent amount of water. It's it's a lot of water. People don't realize that something as simple as skiing takes a lot out of you. Mm. And I actually have noticed the last couple of times I've gone, I've drank way more water than I have historically. And it makes a difference in my performance on the hill. And the, and the w- crazy thing is I still don't pee, which means I'm still not drinking enough. Yeah, true, right? Yeah, the last day I went skiing, I drank two and a half liters on the hill over the course of I don't know how many hours of skiing. But I only pee, I peed once that whole day. And so it's like I'm still underhydrated because if you're not peeing on a regular basis, you don't have enough fluids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, totally. It can be kind of annoying to have to pee so much, but also there's nothing satisfying. Like what's very satisfying? Sorry, my words, English, sometimes you trip up, <laughs> but it's very satisfying to take a, a clear pee. Yes. It just feels good. You're like, yes. I've done good for myself. Yeah. And so you're right. When you're on the hill, do you use a camelback? I used to, but the hose gets cold and freezes up. So what are you using? Like you So I'll just have on? I'll just have my water in the lodge and so I'll go in usually two, maybe three times a day. Mm-hmm. I'll go in and I'll pound, pound a like a liter of water. And so like, cause I don't like carrying my backpack as much anymore as I used to. So, mm. which again is not ideal. You should be sipping a little bit of water every time you're on the lift or whatever, yeah. but I I'm doing a better job now than I was before. Mm. Good point. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, last thing we can touch on here for, uh, getting our water intake is how can we drink more water? There's a few easy tips, uh, bring water wherever you go, have a water bottle with you. If you're Watching Netflix on the couch, have some water there. If you're at work, have some water there. If you're on a walk, bring a water bottle. Always have a water with you because you're just going to kind of naturally reach out and drink it when it's there. Yep. Uh, don't be afraid to incorporate other fluids in your day to help get that water intake. And that's drinking tea, uh, even fruit juices occasionally. Not overloading on that, but they're still going to provide you that fluid benefit. And uh, soups. Soups are also a good way to incorporate fluids. To make your water a little more tasty, add some lemon or cucumber. Both of us here actually have lemon in our water right mm-hmm. now. I've added a bit of cucumber too because I think it just adds like extra level of refreshing, of refreshingness. Yep. I don't know that there's any real benefits. Probably not. There. I mean, you're probably getting a little bit of the citrus from the lemon, the lemon and whatever else yeah. leaches out of the cucumber. But mm-hmm. anything for, like I've seen people do grapefruit, 
berries are really popular in water. People throw raspberries, cut up strawberries, blackberries, yeah. things like that. You get that little bit of a flavor. Basically, anything that you can get a flavored water in, try throwing the real version of that in your regular water, and you'd be surprised what the result will be like. Yeah, and you're not going to have to ingest disgusting aspartame. Yeah. I can't stand aspartame. It's the grossest thing. Um, last one is drink water when you eat out because a lot of times we're inclined to get a pop or, uh, a uh, beer when we're out, uh, eating. But if you choose water, it's just going to be another way for you to increase your fluid intake and you're going to save money. Yes. It makes a big difference in, in budgeting actually. Strangely yes. enough. Uh, but that's really all I have on our water. Yeah. Oh, and I just want to make a point partly because I hate it and partly because it's just a a healthy reminder is that coffee does not hydrate you. Mm -hmm. So if you want to get hydrated, drink water, have a coffee to get you going in the morning if you need that caffeine kick, but you cannot drink coffee as a hydrating measure. Tea, tea does not have as high a concentration of caffeine, so it's not as strong a diuretic. If you drink caffeine free, even better because you will be getting the hydrating benefit of it, but coffee like much like alcohol is a diuretic and not only does it make you poop more but it help makes you flush your system and you're gonna end up losing more than you're gaining as far as fluids go yeah it's true that reminds me actually one time megan told me about how she just had an uncle who was just so ridiculous and he's basically an alcoholic just had way too much beer but he's like i've just been experiencing a lot of dehydration so i've just upped my beer intake for the day to get those fluids (laughs) yeah it's not gonna help you buddy that's (laughs) literally gonna do the exact opposite uh, but there we go. That's water for you, folks. Drink it. Let's move on to our last little bit is our personal question that we like to ask ourselves. This one was one that I just came up with on the top of my head. And it was, what are your greatest weaknesses and your greatest strengths when it comes to interpersonal interaction? So that's even the stranger on the street or one of your closest friends, you know, where do you excel and where do you feel like you need to work on this? Because I think Sometimes people don't think about how they interact with others quite as much. So it's important to kind of slow down and do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is there anything that you felt like you could conjure up when it came to this? Yeah. So I, for my weaknesses, I feel, I know that I'm perception of emotional cues or just social cues generally, I tend to miss. Okay. Um, I don't read people very well. I can, I can, I can read people. And if I make a point to, then yeah, obviously I can take a look at somebody's body language and perceive something. But in a conversation, I don't always pick up on that right away, especially if the conversation's going back and forth and a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I find myself sometimes so straightforward and just thinking so logically that I'll, I'll think of something and just say it, even though it really wasn't necessary, like maybe kills a joke or whatever it is like just being too logical uh yeah and and i know that's definitely something i i do a lot of right and that comes down to you know what's more important is being right or making sure that nobody's feelings are hurt that's one of the questions on the myers-briggs test and Mm. i think it comes down to that and not the same way that you're always seeking to be right Mm. but you're just gonna offer the uh the logical like you said the logical statement rather than Mm. the emotionally aware one yeah which it's just two sides of a coin. That's just who I am. Mm-hmm. It's how I think things through, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a benefit and sometimes it's not. But I feel like a lot of the times it may not even be a bad thing, but it's just one of those things where people kind of give me a weird look because <laughs> whatever I just said was so logical. They're like, where the f- did that come from? And why is it relevant? 
I, it's true. It's true. That And that can happen. But you know what? That's okay that that happens. And I think that's an important lesson to learn too, because my weakness actually is almost the polar opposite in that, in that I feel like I spend way too much time in an ongoing personal interaction overthinking that interaction you know what's the best way to respond to this or is my response going to make them feel crappy i i almost think too heavily on uh the emotional aspect of of how to respond and i think for me as an introvert paired with somebody who's just really actively using their brain in a way to to make sure that i'm interacting with someone in the best way that i can uh, it, it exhausts me, but I think it helps me connect to people, but it's, it is very exhausting. And another weakness that could be said for me is that because I'm here trying to be as agreeable as possible for somebody, I have a hard time, uh, disagreeing with what somebody said, even if I don't agree with them. Mm-hmm. And just for the point of agreeability, I'll, I'll kind of skirt that. And I feel like that's an area where I need to challenge myself. Yeah. And also maybe just be a little bit less concerned about um what I'm saying to somebody and if it's if it's going to come off wrong. Be kind, but I think it's be genuine. Be genuine and it's a little bit to my detriment that I'm not always thinking in that in that way. Yeah. And the nice thing with that is with with friends that you've got well established, oh, yeah. they, it shouldn't be an issue, right? If you aren't as agreeable or whatever, you're more genuine, they'll recognize that and they're not going to fault you. Yeah. And the flip side is that with people you don't know, if you're not genuine early on, it sets up preconceived notions of who you are because we are constantly processing information and anytime you and I interact, I'm going to make note of that for the next time. And if you're really always agreeable, then that kind of becomes your, your calling card, even though it isn't. And like I said, the genuine thing, that's not really who you are. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of like, not directly lying to them, but it's in a form. It's not giving the, the whole truth. Yeah, yeah, totally. And you can get caught in relationships where you're not feeling that you can be your true self because you've set up this this false pretense as yeah. to who you are. Yeah. Very good. Uh, what are you looking at for strengths? Um, I'm not shy. Okay. I have no yeah. problem engaging with people. Mm-hmm. Um, part of this came from my background in sales. It was my job. I had to be, I had to be approachable and make that move. So I'm in conversation and interactions. I'm not shy. I'm not afraid to make the first step. Um, and I can. I feel like I can hold or push a conversation quite well. I have no issue finding topics to talk about, um, asking questions, things like that. And I'm. I can develop strong conversational and interactional topics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I do agree with that. I think that that lack of shyness. Uh, both plays into your strength and your weakness of you know saying whatever's on your mind mm-hmm. so yeah it's just the other side of that coin really which is good though and i think that's it's beneficial i think at the end of the day being able to drive a conversation is important because 90 percent of how we communicate and connect is through conversation yeah so yes yeah. no that is a good strength that said i love really really awkward silence because I, I like silence a lot just because I like to think about everything. Um, and nothing makes me happier than awkward silence when you're having like a conversation or in a situation with, with a, like, especially like a semi stranger. Because, really? yeah, I, I, I think it's just the funniest thing because I become really aware of the silence and I know they're uncomfortable. 
but I'm relishing it because partly they're uncomfortable and partly it doesn't bother me because I can just think about other things and ignore the fact that it's kind of awkward. <laughs> and But I know most people struggle with that. And so I kind of like internally have this kind of sinister grin on my face because I know they may more likely than not are languishing and like, I don't know what to say. Like, I should say something. This is really weird. And it's like, man, not a biggie. <laughs> I think it's funny that you find entertainment in the fact that they're languishing. But yeah, I it's funny because I'm the exact opposite. I'm the guy who's just freaking out in uncomfortable silence. Right, yeah. I'll always like hum or sigh if there's a silence to almost fill that void. But I do think it's important to be okay with silence, no matter who you're interacting with. And mm-hmm. So for me, that's on, honestly something I think I should work on. Uh, my strengths are kind of the flip side of me always um, looking to to be agreeable or to be able to to know where to meet somebody in a conversation, and that's as I I feel I have a an ability to connect to a wide spectrum of people. I don't have specific people who I know how to get along with. I can almost gauge somebody and then just meet them there. Yeah. I, and I I almost think that's indicative of some of my friends that are just very different in who they are. And so I just kind of meet them wherever they're at for my interaction with them. And it, it helps me connect to other people. Yep. But uh, yeah, and then because of that, I feel like I can I can read others well enough. And it's funny that you say that that's your weakness because I feel like to a degree not to just pump my own tires or, or really be uh, kind of delusional. I do feel like I have an ability to read people a little bit more. And uh, I think that's just an offshoot of me overthinking too. So again, my strength kind of represents the the other side of my weakness. Yep. And it's funny where you and I are just almost the inverse of each other. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, that's an interesting one. And maybe it, it, it helps for two people having a podcast to be to be the inverse there. I, I would think it can't be a bad thing. Yeah. But it also could lead to us being completely uh, off the rails because we don't know how to interact where i'm sitting there hating awkward silence and you're loving it well and that's the thing is for me because of i don't know i just am i'm a thinker i have got a thought or something going on in my head pretty much 24 7 whether that's the background noise is oh what can i think about and talk about on the podcast or things I've got to do later or just a thought that I'm having, there's almost always something going on. Mm -hmm. And so when there is silence, whether it's walking down the hallway or a break in a conversation, I always am just like right there ready to capitalize on it. And I use that time where instead of me thinking, oh my God, this is the most painfully awkward silence ever. I'm just like in my zone. I looks like I'm completely off my tree, but I'm, (laughs) I'm just in the zone having a thought. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. You're, you're, going classic Zach and maximizing your available time in any way possible as efficient as possible in the worst ways (laughs) (laughs) nothing wrong with that uh I'm kind of near the end of our material today how are you feeling I think I think we've covered it all yeah no I'm feeling good about that uh any of our information today for me came from Healthline WebMD and Wikipedia so if you're looking for sources that's where we got it uh, you guys know where to find us. You're listening to us, so that shouldn't be an issue for you. We'd love a rating on iTunes, always. If you're listening to us there, just toss us uh, some five stars. Uh, check out our Facebook page, Charting the Waters. Uh, we don't post a ton. We mostly just repost the podcast. But you can meet us there if you ever feel the need to contact us. Uh, anyways, guys, thank you for listening. Thanks for joining me, Zach. You're welcome. Thank you, Brendan. Yeah, no worries, buddy. Well, we're back on track here, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>